This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And we've had a countdown, so we must be live. Good evening, Hearts of Oak, or afternoon from where I am, but good evening where David is in the north of Ireland. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for joining us once again. And it is, of course, wonderful to have the one and only Mr. David Vance with us again. David, thank you, as always, for joining us. Uh, Peter, it's always a pleasure, and the time goes by so quickly between one of these and the next or maybe that's a factor of my aging process, but it doesn't seem that long ago since we were talking, sitting down to review um, the particular madness of that week. And here we are, another week and more insanity. I was hoping this week would be normal, but anyway, it never is. I think it's you coming on, David. You you mess up the news and bring the chaos. Yeah, so. I think yeah, I think Liz Truss has blamed me personally <laughs> for her fall. Yeah, so what can I say? <laughs> could be um i don't have my normal background i'm over um just outside dc at the moment so i'm back next week uh so that is why i'm not in my usual abode i'm in a room somewhere somewhere in the east coast so anyway thank you for having and drop your comments down the side as always yeah is that an unidentified location you're at, Peter? And yeah, so Peter's broadcasting from an unidentified location somewhere in the USA. <laughs> Brilliant! Love it, it is a safe house. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, drop your comments down the side if you're watching on Getter, if you're watching on the website, if you're watching on Facebook. Um, where else are we on Cloud Hub, on Rumble, uh, or later on, or if you're listening on the go on Podbean or any of the downloaded applications, you can listen to on the go. Thank you for listening that way. Uh, let's jump in. Actually, David, you've got a, a wonderful guest on on Monday that we have both had on, and that is Dr. Cartland. So, um, yeah, he's, I think he's been on your show before. Uh, so, looking forward to that. Tell us what people can catch up and learn from if they tune in on Monday at 8 p.m. UK time? Well, well, yeah, I mean, as you say, I know we, we both had him on and he's been on with Matt Letizia and he's he's had, you know, uh, a, a good bit of uh, publicity, which is well-deserved. I think, Peter, finding an ethical doctor throughout this madness of the past couple of years, yeah, it's been, it's been you know, pretty, you know, sort of hard to find. And, 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 and Dave Cartland, um, has been such an ethical, principled man in the, in, you know, as a GP, and he suffered for us. He suffered for it, and he continues to suffer for it. So I, I'm, I'm very keen to have a chat with him on, on Monday. I want to talk to him about, you know, the, the increasing news that keeps bleeding out, if you'll pardon the pun, concerning the vaccines and the uh, side effects and what people, knew, what Pfizer knew and. What did the government know and all of that stuff? Uh, I want to talk to him about the fact that UK is considering Peter um, Moderna's shot for five, you know, from kids under five, as young as six months. Yeah, I want to, I want to chat to him about that because I don't know how you feel, but I think that's just horrific that they would want to. I mean, why would they want to do that? 
talk about satanic. So I want to chat about that. And then I want to talk to Dave Cartland about also the fact that, you know, a lot of us think that the whole experience of the past two and a half years has shown us that the GP traditional model in the UK is broken. And what we need to find is something else, something different. And I think that's what uh, Dave Cartland is trying to offer. So so that that's going to be Monday night, uh, 8 p.m. Check it out over on my Getter stream, on my Rumble stream, on a billion and one other places as well. And uh, listen to, you know, we've got to, we, i tell you what we must do. We must support each other. Those of us who have on, are on the right side of history, and, and you are, Peter, and I, I, I like to think I am, and Dave Cartland as well. We need to support each other because they are trialing times for all of us. But I think those that stand strong deserve support. Absolutely. And uh, we will have uh, Laura King on, who is doing great work in stirring up the council in Brighton, Brighton and Hove. Um, so if you watch that on Arts of Oak, make sure and catch David or vice versa. But as David said, it's about working together in partnership. And although we may have a show all at the same time, many people tune in later or download and pick up on the go. So however, yeah. make sure and make use of that. And David Carter is a outspoken hero that has suffered much for his honesty and desire to speak truth. Yeah. Um, oh, so- Sorry, can I just also inter- intercept you on that one? Okay. And also, on Wednesday night, on Wednesday next, next week, I've got one of your regulars on, uh, Peter. I've got uh, Caroline Farrow. Oh, yes. Um, who I've been trying to get for a couple of... She's a hard lady to track down. Anyway, long story short, uh, I'm hoping that she'll be coming on uh, on the stream on Wednesday, to, again, uh, supporting each other to to talk through her story, which I know it's quite sort of well out there now. But it's, yeah, it's a pretty horrendous way she, that lady's been been uh, been treated by by the police. Contemptible, in fact, I would say. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that chat as well. Anyway, that's enough of the plugs. But as you you know, I mean, she's a really great person. And it, it, again, I think providing platforms for people like her to be able to speak is important. Absolutely. And she's wonderful. Citizen Gore, Grace, and we talk about it regularly. So uh, you yep. will enjoy that chat with her. Yep. Uh, two people together speaking their mind. That'll be good fun. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> How radical is that? Oh, I know. Sounds, sounds like hate speech to me, Peter. Sounds My like hate goodness. speech. I think I'll report it before in advance. Well, talk. Uh, let's start with UK politics um well have i got that highlight so let's start over here with uk politics and it is the chaos i could call it many things uh, i'll stick to uh, non-abusive language andrew, i know so andrew neil in the mail and this is one angle of course uh, all I think nearly all these stories david has put up on his Getter account on his Gab account, uh, you can follow him. But it's Andrew Neil, it's time for the Tories to put the country first and vote for Rishi Sunak, the man the markets trust. Now, I don't think you even have to go any further. I mean, there's so much in that headline. Tell us about this story, David. Yeah, well, I mean, number one, Andrew Neil, the man that back in November was suggesting that it's very important that the unvaccinated be, uh, you know, banished to the further fringes of society. That was that particular Andrew Neil. And here he's saying, Peter, you're right, though. We don't need to go beyond the headline because it's time for the Tories to put the country first and vote for the man the markets trust. So it's the 
the markets then that essentially rule the United Kingdom, according to Andrew Neil. You know, like I'll tell you on this, I mean, obviously this is a huge story, this whole conservative leadership, you know what. Um, and whilst Liz, I mean, look, I'm a fan of Liz Truss, obviously, but she was voted in by the membership. She did make it clear that she was standing on a low tax, high growth platform. And that's what the members voted for, if nothing else. Um, and Rishi Sunak wasn't uh, standing on such a platform. He wanted to put taxes up. So, so at, she did actually win. She won that kind of uh, election of her own members. Now along comes Andrew Neil and the rest of these uh, uh, media soothsayers saying, no, 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 no. Forget about what the British people want. No, no, no. Stuff them. What does the, what is, what is, uh, the money markets want? What do the financial institutions want? Andrew Neil is a globalist. He's sell, uh, selling uh, snake oil along with Rishi Sunak, along with the rest of them. And that's the truth, truth of the matter. This is a globalist coup d'etat in the UK. It's quite amazing, Peter. You know, we do things very politely in the UK. We don't have, you know, guillotines at Westminster Green, although. Hmm. But, uh, but, yeah, don't, don't. But uh, <laughs> we don't do that. But we do have these things, you know, and, and, and in a way, it's almost as bad because it's almost like it's democracy that's being decapitated because they're, they're pushing to instill, uh, in this case, if it's Sunak, someone who the Conservative Party members rejected two months ago. And then they're also trying to replace potentially trust with another prime minister who the Conservative Party members rejected and who resigned in disgrace and is now being retailed as a Churchillian figure flying in from abroad to save the day. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know how it's being portrayed over in the States, but just here, I, I, I look at it in, 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 in a sort of wry horror. You know, it's, it's appropriate for Halloween. Let's put it like that. It really is. And uh, I think as we as we speak, uh, uh, Rishi Sunak has got his hundred more than a mm -hmm. hundred backers. Boris yeah. is getting close to that, um, and it looks like it's a runoff between them, which means the members decide, which means Boris gets back in again. I assume, but again, uh, no. and that's that, that's no good thing. I don't think uh, none of them are good, but it is of the dark forces of play which we have seen. They will not want Boris. They want Rishi Sunak. So I'm, I'm assuming something will happen to make sure Rishi Sunak gets in, and yes. who yes. knows what that will be? Is that your assessment, yeah. David? Well, pretty close. But but the the thing is, look, we both know the rules for this competition have been devised by the MPs at Westminster. The people who who never want to trust who who yeah. who who, who, are, who are the problem. Essentially, and and so as I understand it, uh, Sunak's got more than a hundred and way over a hundred now. Boris is still below that, but maybe by tomorrow we will. I don't know. So you're right; it's going to be a runoff between the two of them on on Monday afternoon. But then what happens? I believe at six o'clock on Monday afternoon, uh, so Monday tea time. Uh, if if assuming two of them have got over the hundred. Uh, supporters, uh, you know, mark, and then the MPs take an indicative vote. And Peter, th this is the bet. This is the bet. People, I don't think, fully caught on to this. They take an indicative vote, and if that indicative vote shows that they are overwhelmingly towards one than the other, well, it would be expected that the other would then 
uh, step down. That's what I think they plan. So in other words, if they vote 200 versus 100 or whatever in favor of Sunak, he's going to be crowned on Monday night at 9 o'clock and the members won't get a sniff because what you said is right, Peter. They know damn well if the Conservative membership got a vote on it, they will probably go for Boris, like you just said, Peter. And I, I, I agree with that. So they're not going to get a vote on it. I don't think uh, it's too dangerous because, you know, I mean, the patronizing of these conservative MPs towards their own members, uh, you know, like, like I have been in political parties and you have to treat your members with respect. Yeah. And these MPs at Westminster, these, you know, posturing clowns, treat them with absolute contempt along the lines of, look, sorry, little people, we know better. And you've seen it all over the played out loud across the TVs for several weeks now. Um, so it, it is shocking. Uh, so, so I don't think it'll get to the vote. But if it does get to the vote, then you may well be right. And I think you would be right. They would probably go for Boris. But then if they go for Boris, some MPs are saying, well, then we'll resign and we'll have by-elections. Now, maybe that's an empty threat. Maybe it's not. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, none of this ends well. None of it ends well. Uh, that, that, the only thing I am confident in predicting is this will not be a happy ending. It really, really won't. I, I think they want Sunak. The globalists want Sunak. Um, he's the, uh, you know, the um, uh, Goldman Sachs, isn't he? He's, a, he's the yeah. Goldman Sachs operator in the room. So they bring him in. And, uh, I mean, we saw today, I don't know, again, Peter, I did put it up in my... Uh, in fact, I put a couple of them in Getter timeline. Tobias Elwood, who yeah, was yeah. the one, did you see that? The 100th guy to back uh, Sunak comes out with, I mean, um, um, saying, you know, we're done with free market, uh, free market stuff now. We, we're done with that. We, we've seen that's a failure. What? Well, well I mean, because he, he, he is, because he's not a conservative. Um, but to have a conservative MP say, yeah, look, we've tried the free market experiment, it's over. Instead, we're going to go towards, you know, the uh, the, the 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 approach from the uh, technocrats, which is essentially uh, Sunak and the rest. It, it's it's shocking. I mean, honestly, a plague in them all. Well, before I touch on one other area, where we're a banana republic. Can I just pull some people in because uh, I didn't see you all at the beginning? My apologies. Uh, so, looking on the getter, we've got Frankie Boys. We've got Steffi Thirty One UK. We have. The myth, the man, the legend that is Matt Letizier. Uh, we have his always Vicky, uh, who we have Toffees14, uh, HW Logan, uh, Albert Clutterbuck, uh, Northern Monkey, and it goes yeah. on. So great to have you with us. I recognize those names. I recognize <laughs> you. Yeah, I'm watching you. Right. So now I know what you do on a Saturday night. Okay. <laughs> um, let's go. This picture which uh, you'd put up i think shows how much of a, a banana republic we are and it's always good to squeeze these things together um and this the these are the chancellors of the exchequer which means the treasury uh those that control the money and it shows that in the uk we can't make up our mind or the conservative party can't make up their mind who is running the show um and uh, i'm I'm always, I mean, Rishi Sunak, he would, he understands the money markets. He's a globalist, but he also understands the, the money markets. Um, you then, I mean, quasi with PhD uh, economics, great guy. And then you've got 
Jeremy Hunt, of course, ending with him. And he was very much part of Rishi Sunak's campaign. So, yeah, we can't make up our mind who actually is in charge of make, uh, r- running the finance side of the UK. Well, well yeah, I, I actually, so, somebody sent me this. I've just got it in front of me on the screen here, Peter. Someone said, uh, my daughter has lived through two monarchs, two prime ministers, two, uh, four chancellors, and two home secretaries. She is six weeks old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is cl- welcome to the world. This is how it's going to be. Yeah, so I mean, look, I don't actually. I, Sunak may understand how things work, but that doesn't make him a good guy. Because you see, here's my point on Rishi Sunak, but it also applies to Boris Johnson. He's the guy that splashed the cash during the lockdown, during the furlough, on the test and trace all the, the the test kits, he racked up so many, what is it, I can't, more than 100 billion borrowings. And, and this is Mr. Safe Pair of Hands. And furthermore, Mr. Safe Pair of Hands. Liz Trust got the boot because she wanted to essentially, or, or so how they positioned it, give away, to, get 2 billion borrowing for the, 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 the people earning more money. Well, maybe that was clumsily put, but I still believe in no tax. But 2 billion, oh, that's a cardinal sin. You have to go. But Rishi, 100 billion. Well done, pal. You're, the, you're a safe pair of hands. So he's responsible, as is Boris Johnson, for the financial hole the country's in. And so I just find it incredible when I hear people saying, yeah, he, he's a safe pair of hands. He's sensible. He's the one that predicted if we didn't put up taxes and if we didn't do this, that, and the other, that things would go bad. Oh, yeah. You know, he predicted that. How did he predict that? Because he knew that. Because his pals in the city, in the financial institutions, were going to make damn sure that this is not um, a low-tax, high-growth country. They don't want that. And, and, and sorry, Peter, to be going on in this one, but I also, I mean, I'm, I'm very passionate in this one here because this is something that I think, you know, you and I'm sure people watching and listening will, will understand. I think there's an end, there's a couple of end games in this, what you're saying at the moment. And the for me, the big end game that they're after is 2016 saw two monumental events, the election of Donald Trump in the States and Brexit here in the United Kingdom. I'm, I believe they got rid of Trump in 2020. Now, hopefully he's going to come back, which would be great in 24. But they want Brexit reversed. This, what you're seeing, is a slow-mo reversal of Brexit. And people need to wake up in that one because this Conservative Party is destroying itself. We all see it. They might in the Westminster, but we, normal people, see these guys are going to get whipped at, at the polls and they'll be whipped to Labour, whether people like it or not. That's a reality. Labour will then use that. I believe Sir Keir Stormer, Mr. Trilateral Commission himself, he will use that, I think, to say we're in a bit of a bind here in the UK. We need to reach out. We need to go for growth. We need to work with our dear European colleagues. We need the single market. Bye-bye Northern Ireland Protocol, so I've solved that, but I've also just essentially jettisoned Brexit. That's the game, and I want to flag it up because uh, I think that's the game that they're playing. And uh, all the Brexiteers, you know, all the Osmillions, we're, we're the folks that are going to be betrayed by all these traitors at Westminster. Well, not all of them, but most of the Tories sitting there, um, they, they never really want a Brexit. It was never supposed to happen. As you know, hadn't it been for Nigel Farage and others, we'd never have got that momentum that forced Cameron to do it. And they're out to reverse it. And it's that simple. And people need to waken up. It's, it, it sounds like a conspiracy theory. But honestly, folks, 
after the last couple of years, if you, if you don't realize that the conspiracy theories are actually the facts, uh, then then you're in trouble. So let, let's be very alert for what they're doing. So sorry, Peter, but I just wanted to say that. I, I always love you ranting, David. Absolutely no problem at all. Um, can, <laughs> can, can, there's a story that's just come up, actually. Uh, I just actually it was two hours ago, but I haven't seen it. Um, let me throw this into the mix, David, and yeah. get your thoughts. Kemi Badenoch, written for The Times two hours ago. Kemi Badenoch has written, Sunak is the serious, honest leader we need. Yeah. I don't want to get... That doesn't... Either she has just tied her wagon to Sunak because she thinks he's going to get and wants a job, but I would kind yeah. of hope and expect Kemi to be a more principled person. She is a conservative. She is a Christian. She has a, a vision, and I, I certainly have watched her in City Hall and as an MP. Um, yeah. Interesting that she's backing Rishi Sunak. Give us your yeah. thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I haven't seen that one, so you're happy with that one. But, I mean, quite, quite well, first of all, she's writing for the Times, right? Yeah. Times is the publication of the British establishment along with the, uh, the Sunday Times. It's essentially, I look upon it as essentially uh, MI5 central, except with a few editorials thrown in. So that's what the Times is. So the very fact that she's for writing for the Times would make me uber suspicious. And I don't, I don't, frankly, Peter, I don't care what she says about serious, honest, honest leader. Kemi should understand sound economics. I mean, that, economics is one of my great interests in life, believe it or not. It's something I love. I'm really interested. I'm into economics and, you know, that's what I got my own degree in and stuff. So I've spent my life in this area. Anyone with a grasp of economics would understand that um, Rishi Sunak isn't serious. If he yeah. was serious, he, he wouldn't have done the things that he did. And if he was only following orders because Boris was telling him that he was had to do it, then he's not much of a leader, is he? You can't have it both ways, Kemi. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, if you think by putting up taxes, you're gonna, which is which Sunak wants to do, you're gonna grow the economy. Honestly, it doesn't work. You, you yep. don't grow economies by taxing people more and taking more of their cash. Um, what you do is you make certain people in certain institutions extremely wealthy, but that's a different thing. So, you know, look, honestly, I have to give you my mea culpa. I don't trust any politicians because, you know, because um, I've got a problem with all of them. And so what's Kemi may be a lovely person on an individual level. Um, you know, I'm sorry, but I have to respectfully 100% disagree with her. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, between her and Suella Braverman, who also comes across as kind of decent and whatnot. I mean, yeah. I don't know if she'll jump as well. But but actually, they're between, the, they're between a rock and a hard place. Sunak's an awful choice. Johnson's an awful choice. And Penny Morden's an irrelevant choice. I'm, uh, is she running for the laws? I'm not sure why she's <laughs> running. Uh, that, that one, I've been trying to work that one out. And I'm thinking, well, what does she think she's trying to, she'll be, what, 20 people back her? They're probably all relatives in Westminster. So I don't understand. So, yeah, sorry, but uh, Cammy, no. I, I think that Penny Morden's going for the, the trans vote, which isn't really big <laughs> for the <sort of> party members. <laughs> Anyway, moving, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Move on. <laughs> moving swiftly on. Yeah. And on to Biden. And obviously, US elections coming up, midterms coming up. Uh, I, I am hopeful, but I don't think that politics is going to fix any of the mess we're in. But anyway, this is 
another mm. story you put up, David. Biden mm. predicts final hour shift to Democrats before midterms. Yeah. And your comment was, so this is how the steal happens. I know, cynical me. Imagine, <laughs> imagine thinking the Democrats might steal something at the very last moment. Oh, hang on a second. That's exactly what they did in 2020. So, so I don't know. I mean, the, the, the thing about this guy is that I mean, he's not in possession of his faculties. Again, I would urge anyone, if you're actually jumping onto my get onto my Getter stream, I put up a video, Peter, about an hour ago. Of, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, Getter has it on their feed of stream as well, uh, of Biden being interviewed. And he appears to fall asleep during the interview. <laughs> I saw it. Did you see that? There's a moment, if you look at it, he goes for about, okay, it's about a millisecond, yeah. but he comes and then he comes back up and he's talking about Dr. Jill Biden and then he remembers, oh yeah, my wife. It's cringe embarrassing, but uh, you know, he, he, he can predict it. He, what he says doesn't really matter, but you're in the States, Peter, and you probably have much better insight than me from my distance. I just, I'm desperately keen to see the Republican Party win back certainly the lower house, definitely the lower house, and hopefully Senate as well. Both of those. So some of the the unbelievable damages you can be can be reversed, you know. And if they don't, then I fear America could be gone because this Biden regime is just so awful, uh, and the problems you know it creates are so massive. But whenever Biden says, "Yeah, there might just be a last minute," has his handlers told him, "No, Joe, you you, you think that you don't say it, Joe, because you know the Republicans, um, Steve Bannon's going to be going around every ballot box checking to make sure that these are actually you know living people uh, that are voting." So, yeah, I know. Look, well, we, we've only got to what November the eighth to to the to the big day. Do we see what unfolds over there? But I'll be praying for the right result, because I believe if we get the right result on November the 8th, Donald Trump will announce his candidature in, in December as an as early Christmas present. And that will then totally transform the political scene in the States. But that's me saying that, Peter. You, you may have much better insight for, you know, from, from your side of the pond. No, I, I would love to stay until the 8th of November, but uh, need to come back. And of course, uh, I had the joy of being on the war room for the whole two hours the other day. Right. And, of course, this is what happened the, the next day. It wasn't my fault, of course. <laughs> it wasn't because um. he had someone from Northern Ireland on. And this is the headline, Steve Bannon sentencing, ex-Trump aide jailed for contempt of Congress. Um, and he got a four-month prison sentence and must pay six and a half thousand. I don't know why six and a half thousand pounds and then yeah. four months, but it's been put off. He is allowed to appeal, uh, I think, by the 15th of November, uh, and then that appeal will be heard. But again, they are so fearful of these media personalities on the right that are driving the agenda and reconnecting with true conservative voters. Well, you're right. And can I just say, you know, uh, and I'm not just saying it, but I, I have nothing but absolute admiration for Steve Bannon. He's a real warrior, an absolute warrior. And the things that he's been saying, I, I completely uh, agree with. I mean, I might go a little bit further than Steve Bannon because, you see, my issue with this is in this headline, it talks about, you know, he's, he's in contempt of the investigation into the January 6th insurrection. Well, there wasn't an insurrection on January the 6th. So there's the first problem I've got yeah. with that. 
There was, or if it is, it was the worst insurrection in history where the only person that was killed was one of the people protesting. So that's weird, isn't it? So uh, this is a Star Chamber show trial, as you know, and as I'm sure a lot of people watching this know. It's a show trial, a Star Chamber show trial by the Democrats in their dying days before November the, the 8th. And again, I'm not sure exactly of how the American system works, but what I would love to see is uh, when the Republicans gain the lower house, I want to see show trials into every Democrat involved in this witch hunt against American patriots like, in fact, actually like two guys we know, like Steve Bannon and also Peter Navarro as well, because I yep. think Peter is also up on so-called charges from the star chamber. So, and you know, and this is a serious lesson for, I think, Republicans, and I, I'm sure Steve gets it, and, and uh, Peter gets it as well, I'm sure, but but more need to get this. When the Republicans grab power, they need to learn how you on, how you use power. You've got to use it. You don't sit back, you know, don't sit back and be nice to your opponents. Look at how the Democrats are playing. These are great patriots like Bannon and Navarro, and you know, they're being treated like common criminals by these these creatures from the Democrat Party. So, you know, if, if they do get the right result, then for goodness sake, please go on the front front. Do what Steve Bannon says. He's a great advisor. You know, Donald Trump, I'm sure, will listen to him. And he should do. Yeah, do what Bannon would do. Go with that. I uh, that. Let's, so, uh, obviously, this is one of your big topics, David. And I am so glad that Biden is putting... U.S. taxpayers' money to such good use. This was a, a great comp- annual U.S. spending in Afghanistan until we exit was fifty billion. U.S. spending in Ukraine this year, fifty billion. I'm glad they've got so much money. You wouldn't think they'd hit what thirteen trillion or fourteen trillion uh, deficit, but no, uh, as much money as Ukraine needs. I, I wish I was Ukrainian. Get some of this. Yeah, come on, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> military industrial complex isn't going to feed itself. You've got you to feed, feed the beast. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, it's amazing. So 50, 50 billion saving coming out of Afghanistan and then whoosh over to the great crook Zelensky and his crooked regime in Ukraine. 50 I suppose the difference is, Peter, I think there's probably 10% off the top for the big guy uh, on the 50 billion going to Ukraine, unlike what maybe was going into Afghanistan. But either which way, yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, it's like, it's like, again, just like when the UK, money doesn't mean anything anymore. There's no sound money. In fact, the only thing that's propping up the UK, uh, I'm very, very interested in the relationship between the UK sterling and the, the dollar, is at moments of great international crisis like we have at the moment, money does tend to flock towards the dollar still, even still. Uh, and that's the only thing that's saving Biden's neck. It's not, but everything he's doing is he's trying to kick a hole in that. You know, he's trying to kick a hole in the boat, even as the boat itself sort of tries to make its way through the seas. But uh, yeah, I was delighted for free uh, Ukraine. Let's move on to what's happened COVID. And you touched on uh, you touched on one of the stories, and I looked to find it elsewhere. Uh, and actually, what didn't seem to be covered widely, and this is about Europe. Let me bring it up. Uh, give me one minute. This is the joys of not being at home in front of your normal computer and having everything in front of you. Uh, Peter, on the, Peter on the fly here you're experiencing, folks. He's under no pressure. Ah. This is it. it. Here it is. Under no pressure. If it was someone not from Northern Ireland, I would be more stressed. But having <laughs> David, it's just like a, a good old chat. 
this is I actually I actually looked at the picture and I thought, ah, oh, maybe the director general is holding his heart. Is that <laughs> is that a heart attack? I don't know. Um yeah. No, of course, wouldn't wish yeah. that on anyone. So the the headline on this is a Portuguese paper, and it actually wasn't covered very, very widely. European regulator authorizes COVID vaccines for babies, <laughs> and most have talked about children. No, 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 no. This is six months old. These are babies. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. WHO continues to rank COVID as international public health emergency, yeah. uh, and they're now ruling it out. So, David, you—they're not—they're not wakening up to any side effects, and they just seem to want to jab children even more with this experimental drug. Yeah, it's you know honestly this this is I mean it's a horrific story really you know because um, this is the European regulator authorizing jabs little babies as young as six months old, uh, little infants, Peter. At, at virtually zero statistical risk of catching whatever COVID nineteen is, uh, so they're, they're at no they're they're at no substantive medical risk at all from COVID nineteen, but of course they may be at significant risk from the jabs. Uh, but that doesn't stop these monsters in the European regulatory system from authorizing it. And, and, and that's bad. It's really bad. I feel so bad for young kids across Europe. But it's also worth saying that the British government, because I also covered this, uh, are considering whether the Moderna uh, vaccine for kids uh, should, be, should be authorized as well. And it's exactly the same demographic. You know, the, the demographic of people, of human beings who do not get COVID, namely kids under the age of five to six, six months, they don't catch COVID. Uh, but they're going to get the jab. They're going to catch the jab. And again, you know, we're seeing this come out now. And Peter, it's we've been doing this now a long time during this last couple of years of tyranny. And what's obvious to me is that the things that we've said all along, they're being validated, you know, like every week. And there's no satisfaction from it because it's horrific. We know that there are serious adverse reactions up to and including, including death in all age groups, right? We know that. But, you know, my thinking on it is, because I do believe in live and let live, believe it or not. I think people should be allowed to make a choice. If you're 90 and you want to take one of their jabs then that's your choice. Go ahead and take your choice. Realistically, you know, you're, you've lived beyond average life expectancy. I hope you still have years ahead, but it's what it is. But if you're six months old, think of that. You've got your whole life in front of you. You might have 80, 90 years in front of you. We don't know what these jobs do in the medium and long term if you get that far. But we do know uh, that, for example, when it comes to teenage boys, which is also in a very young age group, um, there the incidence of myocarditis and all of that kind of stuff that we've seen now pretty much proven, case proven. But I'm thinking, well, hang on. So if you're a teenage boy, you're getting myocarditis, there's a chance that you could get myocarditis, whereas your chance of getting anything serious from COVID is like zero. What's it going to be like for a six-month-old child? How does that one work then? You know, and, and, and honestly, again, me being serious, it, it is like Moloch worship, and you'll get the reference. I think it is Moloch worship. Um, they, they want to sacrifice our children. And without, in my opinion, without sound medical explanation, uh, you know, if there was any decency, they would pause the vaccination progress uh, programs, do proper detailed research, and and then we can we can then review things. 
But no, they're just jab, jab, jabbing. Profits have to be made after all. We wouldn't want Pfizer or Moderna to go bust, would we? Definitely not. But David, I, I think I need to correct you. They're, they're not jab, jab, jabbing. They're drink, drink, drinking. I can yeah. put this up. So yeah. horsey oh. face, horsey face yeah. down in New Zealand has decided. Uh, these are emails. It hasn't happened yet. Uh, or it could have happened already, and we simply don't know. That is another option. Uh, but if if vaccination rates don't hit 90%, that they are considering introducing the jab, the medicine, the virus, the whatever they're putting in those vials into yeah. the water system. I mean, yeah. I... <laughs> I know, I know. Well, that's a great picture of the 1997 entry winner there you've got. <laughs> uh, Jacinda, lovely Jacinda. I mean, who was one I, of the I, worst... I thought they found Shergar. No. Shergar <laughs> <laughs> at revealed at last. It's all. There's, there, there, there he is, and he's down in New Zealand. So, yeah, imagine the mendacity of... But, but I mean, she, again, the, the regime... The regime in New Zealand has been so iniquitous, so tyrannical, so Chinese Communist Party-like, and it's 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 horror. That I mean, I feel so bad for anybody living in it. And I know there's been people who have resisted the vaccine in uh, in, in in New Zealand, but just as, as the story goes, Peter, I mean, they, they were they were con contemplating. Well, would that be a nice way to get convenient way to get it? Just put it in the water. And it wouldn't be the first time in history, by the way, that things have been put in the water. So it's not as wacky and as far out as it might seem. But, uh, yeah, you know, like, and as you say, it's if, oh, if it doesn't get to 90%, well, I mean, 90%, that's New Zealand gone anyway. But, uh, yeah, horrific story, actually. These are all, you better have find some cheery stories before we finish in this one, because I'm getting depressed. Well, I, I, I actually have a video we can all laugh at, so don't worry. Uh, I have one at the end. Um, I don't think you had on your, your timeline, so it could be new to you. I could be introducing something brand new to Mr. Vance. Right. Put up on his post. Yep. Uh, let me put up, actually, let me put up the last story, uh, which is on energy. Let me bring it up. And this was from Zero Hedge. I don't know if you'd put it up on your post, David. Um, and this is China's oil import sewer as Beijing prepares. Not, oh, I haven't even put it up. Sorry. Let me put it up. There you go. Chinese oil import sewer as yeah. Beijing prepares to supply European fuel demand. Uh, this isn't even looking at the fun at the Chinese Communist Party's uh, event the other day where they forcibly removed Xi Jinping's bread. But, but that's a whole other story. So yeah. crude oil imports into Asia jumped in September. Normally such news is spark hope for demand and consequently prices, but this time it's more complicated, less to do with Asian demand than demand in Europe. Um, and it, it's a very interesting story. Obviously, China are happy to, to take anything and pass anything on. Um, and seems they are maybe the, the the vehicle to passing on. But it said that oil imports in Asia rose by yep. more than two million barrels daily last month. Yep, yep. Because and and of course, where, where might these this oil be coming from, Peter? Crunch question. Simple answer. Oh yeah, Russia. 
And what's happening is essentially all that Russia has done is, you know, so at a time when half of Britain is wondering how are they going to get through this winter because of the shocking price of uh, energy costs here caused by the sanctions on, on Russia, Russia is supplying China with, I think it's on refined oil, which the Chinese can then refine and then sell, sell on back into the West. So the, the virtue signaling European Union is basically bringing about a scenario where it's getting the oil indirectly from China that it refuses to buy from uh, Russia. But Putin is making plenty of margin, plenty of money on those oil sales to China. So the only, the only region that loses out is Europe. Is the EU yeah. well, and, and the UK as well, I suppose, although is there a difference? So, you know, it's only we're, we're the people who, who are losing out. And, and that, that's a great story that there. And again, funny enough, how don't remember too many people in the British media running with that one. Don't want to talk about that. Oh, no, no. We have to maintain the illusion. Take that, Putin. I'm freezing for Christmas for Zelensky. The, we, we're maintaining that particular myth. Uh, even as the economic realities are that the the oil is flowing because you know the 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 thing about the with Nord Stream one and two and all of that having to write a commission, that the reality is that the European landmass it does need some energy reserves and and no one ever asks obvious questions. Well, where's it going to get it from? Well, yes, there's some like um, LNG coming across from the states, but that's that's like nowhere near enough, nowhere near enough to make up the gap. So. So it's going to come in from China. And there's the irony of ironies. Um, and, you know, so how the European Union, how Ursula, Ursula von der Leyen thinks this is going to teach Putin a lesson when he's laughing all his way to the bank because the Chinese are good for money. They're good for paying it uh, in what he wants. And, uh, yeah, and then it, it's, it's refined and sent back at a more expensive price into the West. Well, yeah. please. I mean, how does that even work? It just doesn't. But yeah, exactly. interesting story. Let's finish off with the video. We're slightly short today. That's my fault because I have to get on the road. Um, and it's always good to do live and not a pre-record because it means they can pull in your comments. Uh, let me go there. Um, some others that actually... Tony, my goodness, that's a long number. Tony, 8055405. You could just be Tony, but anyway, good to have you with us. Um, there are Stuamore. Uh, let me see. There's some names actually that I don't always see. Uh, Peasant Zero, good to have you. He says Heart of Oak is the best. Here, it could be a she. Sorry if I've misgendered you. Peasant oh, Zero, no. great to mm. have you with us. Uh, and I some of them I can't even read. See, I'm a little bit further from my laptop. I think my eyes are beginning to fail, but anyway, that's a whole other story. So let's, I just want to play you this little video clip. And okay. if any of you are out of a job, then this may assist you and always happy to help you in your employment. So let me just play this and bring it up. Let's see if this works. Looking to take the next step in your career? The UK government is hiring and is now inviting applications for... Is that working? Can you hear that, Davis? That's working, Peter, yep. Oh, just me, okay. I'll, I'll continue. Prime Minister, with a generous pay offer and a substantial severance package, however long you stay, you can join the hundreds of people who've already been a Prime Minister this year. Enjoy a fast-paced and dynamic work environment? 
you'll be alongside a team that changes practically every day. No previous experience is necessary and don't worry about having a high IQ. The right person for the job will know how to maintain important relationships and won't be afraid to take instruction when required. A criminal record? A history of previous failures? Been Prime Minister before and left in disgrace? No problem. With our streamlined application process, you could be Prime Minister in just under seven days. Not ready to make the change? That's okay. Our next recruitment drive probably begins in just six weeks. Apply now and be a UK Prime Minister for a bit. The successful candidate must be lacking in integrity, moral fortitude and shame. The UK government is an equal opportunities employer and accepts applications from any rich sociopath who went to Eton. <laughs> there you go. I, I, I enjoyed that. So I, I, did, yeah. I did say I would give a little bit of a smile because I have depressed you this evening. My apologies. No, you haven't. It's never depressing. It's just we cover some witty <laughs> topics. Uh, yeah, I, 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 only the Eton uh, qualification precludes me. Otherwise, I would have had the application in, Peter. But uh, it's good to know that the that these uh, these job vacancies are, are right there, I'm sure. Well, David, if you could tweak your CV and add that in, uh, buff it up a little bit, then maybe you could put that in by Christmas for the next position, the next time there's an opening. Well, I'm sure it won't be that long, Peter. I'm sure it won't be that long at all. But anyway, listen, look, as always, Peter, it's real pleasure to be here. Uh, I have our chats like this, and uh, I hope uh, I hope uh, you can have a fun time the rest of your time over there in the uh, in, in the US. If, uh, you've been in the war room. I don't know how you top that. Uh, in the, I was going to say in the White House, but this isn't the time to be in the White House, really, is it? In fact, definitely not, because I see Biden at a tranny. And did you see that? He had a trans person in to update him on the trans issues. Did you see that? No, I missed yeah. that. No, I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll not go there. <laughs> we'll not go there, but um, no, it's, it's been good fun. But uh, back on uh, end of next week. So, David, as always, thank you for joining us. Make sure if you don't follow David, follow him at David Vance. You get him on you get her, you get him on Gab and obviously Pod Beans. He's just gone through his three quarters of a million. So, be one of those and download, listen to on the go for David's not daily wisdom, hourly wisdom. Uh, you can get that during your day, just like a little book of Psalms. You can listen to David. Uh, and, of course, you get David Cartland on Monday, so tune in for that, Dr. David Cartland, absolute hero. So on that, I wish our viewers a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for being part of this and for those listening afterwards on the go. Thank you so much for downloading and using that and look forward to seeing you on Monday, we've got Laura King talking about the Green Council in Brighton and Hove Albion and how awful it is and how it's not green, but actually it's a different, a real ideology that's driving, which is cultural Marxism. David Scott, Dr. David Cotton on Monday. So uh, tune in for those and I'm sure many other wonderful live streams. So on that, have a great rest of your weekend and we'll see you Monday. So thank you and good evening. If you like what we do, Sign up to our mailing list, donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofvoke.org. Thank you for listening.